Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tearing It Up. We have a guest today. We have Madeline here, Madeline Anderson. I met Madeline at Swell. So for those of you who don't know what Swell was, um, this company, The Outspring, they put on this outdoor women's gathering in Utah about, oh my gosh, over a month ago now. It's the 25th of October today. So September 15th, we were in Utah for this gathering of outdoorsy women and Madeline was there and she was doing a lot of the video videography <laughs> the videoing and all that of the event kind of uh showcasing it and creating some stuff for her and Tammy Joe and so we're really excited to have her on today we didn't get to talk to her at swell so I'm excited that we get to catch up now and do a little one-on-one here so Madeline will you share a little bit about yourself where are you residing right now and kind of what's taking up most of your time yeah absolutely uh thanks for having me um I'm Madeline and I am up in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, fairly new out here, about a year and a half. I don't like to tell too many people that though, because <laughs> Coloradans don't like people moving here sometimes. But uh... I, I know how that goes with the like <laughs> local thing in Tahoe. People get very uptight. <laughs> very fair, very fair. I grew up in the in the Midwest though, and I lived in Chicago for a decade prior to moving here with my family. So um Midwesterner pretty much through and through, but wanted to get out to the mountains um and try give that a try. Uh but yeah, I was at Swell and I was wearing kind of uh, many hats like I normally do in life, but wearing many hats uh that weekend because like you said, I was there with my company. Um I co-owned Talus Films. So we're a video production company, primarily partnering with purpose-driven and impact-driven brands and leaders to really help them, you know, storytell and amplify the work that they're doing um, so they can reach more people, grow, you know, the efforts and and the work that they're doing um, and all that lovely, great stuff. Uh, so I was there with Tammy Jo um, and working to, like you said, capture video and film of the event. So, you know make sure that everything on the ground was was captured. And then now we are working through post-production on that project. So we're putting together highlight videos uh, for Tammy Joe uh, and for Outspring and all with the the hope and the intention of, of going ahead and promoting Swell to, you know, more sponsors and vendors and attendees in the future to, to continue to grow it. So that's been a fun project, but in addition to being there as, you know, a vendor, um, I was also there and <laughs> trying to wear my like outdoorsy woman cap as well. Like <laughs> I, I love the outdoors. Um, I'm very big into camping, hiking and backpacking. I do that with my my husband and my daughter, less backpacking with her. She's two and a half. Um, <laughs> but love, love being outside. Uh, always have. And, you know, my husband and I, when we first got together, um, we were, you know, just out of college, broke, trying to figure out how to, to travel and do things um, cheaply. And we decided yeah. like, you know, camping road trips was going to be our thing. And so we played a bunch of camping road trips, hit up a bunch of national parks, um, and then just kind of fell in love with traveling uh, in that way and camping and, and hiking uh, and the whole nine yards. So that just kind of unfolded from there. But I was, you know, an outdoor kid as well. So that's, you know, back to my roots, so to speak. But in addition to, you know, being outdoorsy and having my own company, I also uh, co-host and co-produce a podcast with my husband. Uh, it's called The Wild We Share. It was really sparked from raising our daughter. Like I said, she's two and a half and um, she loves to be outdoors too. But in raising her, we we're like, well, we could get some more expertise and opinions and insights on how to do that and raise her like well or responsibly in a way that she's, you know, both enjoying but protecting the outdoors, um, like we love yeah. to do. So the wild we share is just really all about fostering that connection in the outdoors, um, along with stewardship and taking responsibility so that hopefully our 
beautiful planet is still here in future generations. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) I know that was long. (laughs) No, that was great. That was awesome. I love that. I mean, it shouldn't be short. You're telling us about you <laughs> yeah. and we're here to hear about you. You can take as long as you want to tell us everything. Mm-hmm. Fair, um, fair. And there's so many like things to talk about. So I love this. <laughs> and my first question is, how did you get, how did you get involved with Tammy Joe and the Outspring in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I met Tammy Joe through the Founded Outdoors group um, with my with my company, uh, I work a lot of times, like I said, with purpose-driven and impact-driven companies, but the outdoors and that little, you know, <laughs> vertical niche, whatever you want to call it is, is very strong. Uh, and has a big calling for me. So we've done a lot of work in, in that vein. Um, and so I joined the founded outdoors group, uh, I think a couple of years back now after I attended my first OR and then, um, and then, yeah, I met Tammy Joe through that. I've hosted a couple different storytelling uh, sessions with that group, just helping other, you know, founders, you know, <laughs> embark on storytelling, figure out what that looks like for them. Um, and yeah, we had met there and chatted a bit. Um, and then it just kind of continued to spiral from there. And, you know, we struck up a relationship and yeah, we kept, kept, thinking about how we could work together. Mm-hmm. The first time we worked together was actually remote um, earlier this year. Uh, she wanted to produce a short vid- video to promote Swell. Um, so we actually did some re- remote production with her and remote interviewing um, so that she filmed it herself. Uh, and then we went ahead and edited that short video for her. And then um, that turned into us being actually on site for Swell. Um, and yeah, it was a good time. That's so awesome. I love how all these like communities, I mean, I just feel like networking has a different kind of meaning to it. Now when people think about networking, you're thinking about putting a name tag on being in like a blazer and going to like a conference room or something, but the outdoors community has created all these different groups um, in the, it's probably been a while, but in the recent years that I've been involved in that are just so great and a different experience to networking than what I feel the stereotypical idea is like founded outdoors, that group. Um, I was in it for a while, but then they recently made the swap to allowing only product based businesses in it and yeah. not service based. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but that and the outdoor media summits, how I met Tammy Joe mm-hmm. and how I found founded outdoors. So just there's so many ways to get connected and network. And I think podcasting is one of those great ways too. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. amazing to be able to, you know, share other people's stories. And I was looking, um, you know, at your website and whatnot, and just kind of the storytelling that you do and mm-hmm. thinking about it. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, podcast is a form of storytelling. <laughs> and yeah. so that kind of made sense to me is how you got into that as well. It's a passion of yours, is the storytelling and outdoors and, and all that. So that's just really cool to to be a part of those same networks and communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's like there's there's so many different ways to network, and I know that in in my work, both with the bike podcast and and my uh, video and film, it it almost everything comes from networking. Mm-hmm. Like it hardly ever just comes from, I mean, it might start as like a cold relationship, but you know, it, it's, it comes from relationships formed and forged and typically over time, you know, things start yes. to unfold. Um, but it's, it's, it's great to be connected. And and once you get in, especially to the outdoor industry, it's, it's not as big as maybe it feels from the outside. There's a lot of overlap, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's big from the terms of, I feel like what people think the outdoor industry is like product based, mm-hmm. but like so when you go into the inside and the inner workings and the people who are like involved in it, you're like, Oh wait, yeah, you, I met you here, there, you're working with this company, that company, all that. It's, it's great. I mean, I, that's why I love the outdoor community and mm-hmm. our podcast. Um, when people ask, you know, it's pretty general when we discuss the fact that we're just talking to women and sport Mm -hmm. and business and in general, I mean, but really like the outdoors is in the core of every person we talk to, like they might Mm -hmm. not have a business like in the outdoors per se, but their soul is so much rooted in the outdoors that I feel like this, our podcast is like, it has strong roots in the outdoor industry, even though every person we talk to isn't necessarily like in the industry themselves, but um. So with your podcast and 
you said your daughter was kind of the the spark to, yeah. to start that. And was that just for you wanting to share how you guys were going about learning how to be in the outdoors with a child? Or was it also kind of a way of you looking for maybe advice or how others did it as well? Uh, both really. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's the saying of like, it takes a village and mm-hmm. I do believe that. Um, and yeah, so just, just kind of trying to, we figured like if my husband and I were having these questions of like, okay, how do, how do we do this responsibly? Like, what does this look like to, you know, go out with kids or just in general, how do we bring these, you know, more sustainable or conscious practices to our own uh, recreation? Like, if we had these questions, then we were sure that other people did as well, um, you know, with or without kids. Um, and so not everything is kid focused, although we've had a, a sprinkling of that. Um, but, you know, when I was growing up, I feel like, uh, you know, just like being outdoors, it was a thing, but protecting the outdoors was like secondary to the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, if, if we can, you know, help this newer, younger generation and the ones to come, like have that ingrained in them from the very beginning. I just like thinking about what that could produce. Right. Yeah. And, and not have it be something that you learn later in life in like your twenties, mm-hmm. thirties, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and, and get passionate about. Right. So, um, that's kind of what sparked it. And what we're hoping for is just, you know, more amplification of what people are doing, the work that is being done and like learning from that in a way that then we can share with other people. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And um, actually when you mentioned kind of like growing up in the outdoors and whatnot, I feel like when I grew up, I think we're probably all around the same age as, and we didn't have social media or as much information kind of being shot at us from the interwebs that yeah. actually I didn't, we didn't learn a lot about how to take care of it. I mean, we picked up our trash and things like that, but it wasn't on the forefront of our mind of like sustainability, right? The word that is just everywhere now. Um, So I think that for learning it later in life has made it that much more important for us to feel like we need to like teach the generations younger now. So like you said, we're not learning, they're not learning later in life it's like yeah we want to enjoy the outdoors but our parents maybe were more on like not thinking so far ahead of like oh our grandchildren are you know this will look just the same for them and all of a sudden for us it's like oh my god no we've seen how drastically things have changed in such a short amount of time that now Mm -hmm. we're on that forefront of making sure our younger our younger generations and our children or whatnot are doing the best they can to protect it from it's ingrained in them like you said (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And adapting to the new world changes, like Mm -hmm. climate change is so real and it's, (laughs) it's something that is going to have to be talked about and learning how to adapt. Yeah. Like it's, it's real and it's, it's really in our faces as it, as it should be like right here, right now. So Mm -hmm. how do, how do we deal with that? And like, what does that look like now? Because that's not what it looked like. I think when we were growing up and I mean, Yeah. Luckily I had, you know, some good outdoor experiences. Like I did summer camps as in Girl Scouts. I was a venture scout. So like, a you know, a boy scout before girls were allowed. Um, oh, that, <laughs> wait, what was it called? Venture scout? Venture scouts, venturing. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. So it was co-ed back, back in the day. I think it still exists, but yeah. So I, I did summer camps and whatnot, which were great, you know, but like a week or so at a time. And then, you know, I did like a day camp, which was probably the equivalent of like daycare after school or (laughs) summer camp and whatnot. So, I mean, there were definitely experiences that way. Um, But yeah, you know, there was some education and some learning, of course, but it was mostly about like, hey, let's have some fun and be introduced to it. Not necessarily how to like protect and care for it while having fun. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's an interesting topic to, to discuss. And I think there's something that that ties into that with storytelling um, really heavily as well, because when like stories connect us to people, to ideas, um, to things. And when we have that connection, there's, there's something that goes deeper. We feel an ownership, we feel connection, we feel a, um, you know, like a, like an, uh, um, lineage yeah like a history yeah Yeah, family history to that and you feel like you belong there and you have 
some kind of say. Um, and I think storytelling can be really powerful in that vein. And then what happens is like, you, you care, you, you give a shit if I can say mm-hmm. that. So yeah. Then, oh yeah. You can definitely <laughs> say that. <laughs> and so then you turn around and it's not just about, Hey, let's go have fun outdoors. It's like, Hey, cool. Let's go have fun. And what else can I do um, mm-hmm. to actually make sure that this thing I care about is around longer. Yeah. So I think that's that's a, a nice, powerful way to like tie it all together. So I do love hearing and digging into like people's stories when they come on our podcast mm-hmm. as well. It's it's just interesting to hear how people have come to wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I, I always love hearing that because it's never linear. No, no, not at all. There's especially so many- as much as like we were taught you do this, you do mm-hmm. that and then you get married and then you buy the house. It's like, OK, that is not it's not an A to B thing. It's not at all. No. And even if you do it in that order, it's still not an A to B thing. Like nope. there's a million things that can pop up and do along the way. So, yeah, yeah it's like lowercase a a dash one dash two dash like hopping over to z yeah Yeah, totally (laughs) we talk about that a lot of you know not living this linear life or path Mm -hmm. or not needing to follow it and also what you said um a lot of times when it's just amber and i on and kind of rambling we're saying how Mm -hmm. well you know if if this is something we want to talk about surely there's someone else out there who can relate and agrees Mm -hmm. or wants to open this conversation so I think that like you guys you and your husband having those thoughts like if we have this question someone else does too there's seven billion people in the world so Mm -hmm. there is bound to be someone else out there who can relate to what you have to say. So I just think that everyone's voices deserve to be heard and everyone's stories deserve to be heard. So creating platforms where that can happen, I think is amazing. And I, I feel like people with children, especially and trying to figure out how the fuck do I do this? And especially in the outdoors mm-hmm. yes. and being able to share those stories. Cause as right before you popped on, I was discussing with Amber, like I'm not a mom. Um, I've got dogs, but you know, dogging is different than momming, dog momming. <laughs> and I I've just compared like, them plenty of times. So yes. yes. <laughs> but I've, I listened to another podcast of the gal I follow, a professional snowboarder, and she was sharing her story on how, how much fear she had when she found out she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the more that parents can share their journey, continuing to do the things that they love and are passionate about is so important because I think that's a huge fear of people, not just women, but of anyone becoming a parent of like, my life's going to change forever. Like, am I still going to be able to do the things that I love? And how can I intertwine that with like into my, into my children? How can I teach them these things? Um, Because then you also have to deal with the fact of they might not like anything that you like. So then what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I want my daughter, yes, to have like her own, like carve her own path and do the things that she likes to do. But like, they are so influenced by what we, you know, as their parents introduce them to in those experiences. I, I was definitely one of those people before, um, before I became a mom that was like, oh, there's no point in like doing vacations or big trips or travel or anything before they're like, what, the age of four? Cause they don't remember it. And that is like a load of bull. Like it's yes. totally, totally false. And I mm-hmm. see that now. Um, but like all of their experiences from the time, you know, that they're born on make up their world and like continue okay. to expand their world. So yeah, even if they don't remember it, it's it's a crucial piece to, you know, the puzzle that is their lives. So thousand. it makes a ton of sense to like keep introducing them to new things. That's how they're going to, you know, find their way. And that's such a thing that I've always like I have a background in theater, actually. So kind of a windy path to get to my my film life now. But um, it makes sense. Um, and one of the, the the biggest things was really just like that storytelling piece woven through my life and the experiences that I've had that have brought me to, you know, business ownership and not wanting to necessarily follow the, the status quo and, mm-hmm. you know, starting a podcast that talks about these things. And my my business is name is Callus Films. And, you know, just that the human storytelling element is really, really huge in my life. And so for me, um, Talus Films and the name represents the Talus Fields. So if you're, you know, hiking in somebody a mountain, those boulders are, you know, the field that you might encounter, might walk mm-hmm. through. 
often there's no real trail there, right? Like you kind of have to forge your own path and, you know, it's up to you to decide. Uh, and for me, that parallels how we each decide to like go through our lives and how yes. we each, you know, we're humans. So there's so many similarities yet we all take different paths and it's every step we take that who knows where it'll lead, but here we are. Beautiful. Yes. And all of our different perspectives, you know what I mean? You never yeah. know how one scenario is going to look to five different people. 100%. Yeah. We all interpret things very, very differently. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And speaking of your business, how, yeah. how did that start? That's yeah. exactly what I was wondering once you yeah. mentioned the acting or theater rather to, to yeah. video. So I have a background in theater. I started doing community theater when I was like eight years old. I was like a munchkin in the Wizard of Oz um, way back when. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I did lots of musical theater. It's definitely moved away from that as I got older. Um, but uh, yeah, theater was just huge. And I liked all the parts of it, not just performing on stage, even though like I still do step in front of the camera and I still do get on stage from time to time. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I just loved all the pieces. So, you know, if you think of a production, I've probably done everything you can think of. I've done sound design, uh, makeup, costumes, wardrobe, well, costumes and wardrobe the same, uh, set design, technical direction, production, acting wow. on stage, directing, stage management, like the whole nine yards. I've wow. tried it I've because I just, I love seeing all of the pieces and yes. how they all come together because there's yes. just so many moving parts. Um, and that really took me. So that's, primarily why I went to Chicago, I moved to Chicago after I graduated, um, after undergrad. And, you know, I wanted, they have a robust, you know, theater scene. I wanted to get involved. I did. Uh, and then I also got involved in the film scene there as well. Um, I worked on lots of independent films, um, some commercial work, a little bit of modeling. That's not necessarily my, my cup of tea, but <laughs> little, little bits of, little bits of everything. And then, um, through that independent film work, I met my now business partner, uh, his name's Jordan and he had the actual like film background training. So he knows how to work with camera and, you know, to, and he's also a really talented writer and director and all those things. Um, but, uh, when I was also in Chicago, all this creative stuff was like my side job and my after hours, evenings, weekends work. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of running nonstop. And I got to a point uh, where I was just like, I don't really want to live this double life. That's what I called it. My double mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Um, I was exhausted. <laughs> I was burnt out. And I was like, okay, how can I combine all of these things that I love together into like one thing that I can put my time and energy to? Um, and that's where I kind of came up with uh, starting a production company and helping other people tell their stories. Um, just looking around, we had a lot of people in our creative community that had stories that they wanted to get stood up. Um, and then that translates very well to the, the more corporate business world as well. Like there's tons and <laughs> loads of stories to be told. And a lot of times people don't have the full framework to be able to do that. So that's where I can step in with uh, my company and with the producing knowledge and skills that that we have and say, okay, great, you have an idea or maybe you don't, but we can help you create one. And then we can you know bring that to life and provide the resources and, and the expertise that and guidance that, that you wouldn't have otherwise. So awesome. I knew I couldn't do it myself. I asked Jordan if he would come do this crazy thing with me. He thankfully said yes. And <laughs> then we started our company and then the pandemic happened. So that oh. was fun too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I but love yeah. that so much um, because I feel like when people think about storytelling, mm -hmm. I think it's easy. Like you just have to have a story <laughs> and you tell it. Right. And yep. I don't know. I've always enjoyed like writing and obviously talking uh, why I started a podcast, but um, <laughs> I have realized that telling a story like effectively takes a lot more uh, skills and tools. And so you being able to like help people do that. It's like, yeah, I feel like they're, there's stories I can tell, but I'm like, what's the, how do I get to them? And what's the, yeah, the framework around them. And so yeah. having, I never even really thought that someone else could help me tell the story so I love that that's that's what you do for people is like yeah. kind of pull that out and create it and I feel like that can just you know to that person to give them that like oh aha moment and help them continue on to tell more stories so yeah, we kind of follow a, a three-step process where we start with just aligning stories with brand values. So, and actually kind of cultivating, um, 
you know, a, a bank or a vault of stories, if you will. Um, a lot of people think like, oh, my brand just has our creation story, our founding story. We're good to go. Like, yes. Um, but really like there's tons of different story types and they all can do different things. So if you can build up <laughs> a bank of those that you can draw from when you want or need them, then you can use that across like all your marketing and all your sales. So we do that first. Then we kind of whittle down that list uh, of stories or the bank of stories to ones that we actually want to take further and fully develop. So we dig into those, we develop them into, um, you know, what, what some people might call a creative brief or a visual treatment um, that then maps out exactly how we would produce it as a film. Uh, and then the third step is actually producing it as that film um, so it can go out into the world. And I, you know, film is one way, video is one way um, of storytelling. I think it's a very powerful way. Otherwise, I wouldn't do what I do. Um, but video and film are also really cool because they can be repurposed in so many different ways. You can take, you know, a video that has all the components. So you've got the audio, the visual, uh, and then like the story piece. Uh, so the actual information, and you can take that, you can make it into a blog post. You can make it into, sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> you, can, you can make it into a blog post. You can make it into, um, you know, strip the audio for a mm -hmm. podcast. You can make social media cut downs and organic posts or paid ads. You, you can do so many different things with video um, yeah. after the fact. So I, I'm, I'm a really big proponent of repurposing uh, content especially if you're going to spend a lot of time and energy to create it. And then I'm also a really big fan of um, just making sure that the stories you're telling actually have like a call to action, actually yes. are furthering the journey that, you know, your people are on when they're watching it mm -hmm. so that there's, there's something concrete that can happen next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a hard time with that call to action part. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That, yeah. That's not uncommon at all. And it's, it's not an easy thing to like master at all. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out like what that call to action would be. Um, also just from struggling like, okay, why would people want to hear from me in the first place? So then definitely what do I have them to like, okay, like yeah, what's the CTA there? I don't know, but um, gosh, I love everything you do about kind of pulling that out <laughs> for people for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. What has it's been your favorite project that you've worked on? Oh gosh. Um, oh, there, I feel like there's so many, but, uh, we, we recently, uh, we're still actually working with them. Um, but we worked with the trust for public land, uh, cool. and, and we did, um, some storytelling video interviewing with them and some event capture with them. Um, and one thing that they had identified even before we came into the picture was the fact that they were going to celebrate their 50th anniversary uh, and they had a storytelling gap. Like they could communicate the impact of their work, data, numbers, education knowledge but that real like storytelling piece that connective piece was was missing so they brought in you know a story consultant they brought in us for video and film and we all just like you know worked together to to you know uh interview i think we did about 30 different interviews across their like staff and their board and their um donors and community members that they uh work very closely with to stand up each of their projects. Um, and so it was just, it was really neat to see and hear all of these stories and collect those together, yeah. um, you know, on video. And then now they're using all of those assets across their marketing for celebrating their 50th anniversary. So actually in the process of editing a video for them right now, but um, yeah, it, it's just like, they created this bank of content that they can just pull from and keep using. Um, and it's all, it all gets to the heart of that storytelling piece that they knew they wanted to dive in deeper on. So that was a really fun part. And I mean, just in general, the trust for public land is just, they're doing amazing things. So yes. if you don't know them, look them up. They're, they're awesome. Their projects are everywhere. Um, and they just have a very, very strong community focus. They don't go into a project or an area without extensive, um, work with the community to find out what they want and what they oh, cool. need and and how it should be stood up. They do a lot of like play yard and um, so like playgrounds at schools and designing those and creating those. Um, and the students have like the utmost say in what they wow. get in their play yard. So there's just all sorts of things like that that I just find really cool. So yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I end up I feel like I end up like falling in love with my clients half the time, like, you know, like, yeah. like organization brand crushes on them, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah I was going to say, like, when you do the like interviewing um, for like some of your films, have you ever been like 
so moved by a story that you like get emotional. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, interviewing is a, is a skill in itself. I love, I love interviewing people actually. Um, and then having time to dig in, but it does take a while sometimes for, 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 for folks to warm up, but when you can keep going and, and people are willing to open up, yeah, there's just, there's some beautiful things, um, that people say very candidly, um, yeah that they don't even know is maybe as powerful or as touching as it is Mm -hmm. when it comes out. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. I always think of that when I see documentaries where people are being interviewed, I'm like, Mm -hmm. who's behind the camera? Like what's going on behind the scenes and how do they make it like have this like feel to it? You know what I mean? When when you're watching it, there's a feel Mm -hmm. and how do they feel comfortable enough to be like, I'm putting it all out there for the world to see and like bless up for people for doing that because we Mm -hmm. need to see more vulnerability and realness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very thankful for anyone who has, you know, been willing to step in front of the camera and be interviewed. It's not an easy place to be. I know what it feels like to be in front of the camera and uh, like as a professional and trained in it and it's still not easy. So yeah. yeah, um, Yeah. I'm very, very thankful for that. And yes, there is a, um, a rapport that you want to build up with, um, with whoever you're interviewing. And sometimes, you know, it's just on the spot interviews that I'll do. And I haven't met those people before. Um, Most of that was what swell was, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have time with those folks beforehand and people are really nervous. And I'm like, okay, we're going to make this easy. It's just a conversation. You have those all the time, forget the cameras there and let's just chat. Um, and then other times when we do have more of a runway and a leeway, um, we, we have kind of a unique process that we've developed in in my company, but we do a a pre-interview process and that's not unique in itself, but, um, we do a zoom, you know, jump on zoom, record it, just do a casual interview. Uh, then we take that and we edit that down so we can see like what's bubbling to the surface. What do we hear, you know, repeated over and over again in that very casual interview we did. Um, you know, and if the end video is supposed to be a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever, we will edit that zoom down to that. Um, and then we can break that out and create interview questions off of that and create bullet points so that when we actually get on set, we're asking those questions tailored to what we want to drum up. Um, but it's still very organic and, um, they're still speaking in real time and not, Mm -hmm. you know, reading or memorized anything. Uh, and we've had that FaceTime that way, uh, hopefully more than once, even before we interview someone. So that already sets the baseline and the tone. You don't have to, you know, maybe it's the camera that's making someone nervous, but you yourself (laughs) aren't because you guys have something, you know, built already. So we like to do that whenever we can, but yeah, that's a, it's a comfortability factor for a lot of folks. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But it's fun once, once you just get over the hurdle, yes. um, all the things that people yeah. uh, have to say, it's pretty it's, awesome. And a familiarity thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, we've had a few people on here where they're like, oh, I've never done this before. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's really cash. Like we've yeah. done it a million times now. So it's, it's just like, yeah, it's no big deal. But I remember the first few times we did it, we're just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. into the mic. And- <laughs> Yeah. 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 My husband has gotten like, he is not a, you know, like on camera, you know, <laughs> a performer in any means. He has a background in like economics and finance. So he's <laughs> not in the creative world like me. And so, yeah, when we first started doing that, the podcast, he was like, oh my gosh, I am so out of my element. I think I need to prepare like hours and hours. And I was like, yes, you can to feel comfortable. Absolutely. And yeah. it will get easier. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what was, what did you go to school for? Yes. I went to school for theater. That was my, mm -hmm, yeah. And English was like a minor thrown in there as well. But yeah, (laughs) that was, that was so that I could have like a a real job someday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And here I am, who knows what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) Um, what did bring, like who brought up the idea of you guys having the podcast? Like since you mentioned, you know, your husband wasn't in that creative field. So how did you get him on board with you? Or did he bring it up or how did, how did that start? We were out to breakfast one morning and we were just trying. Um, so we had, we had just moved out here to Colorado and 
one of the biggest things still is a challenge is like finding community, um, especially because we moved at the tail end of a pandemic. We have a two and a half year old. I don't go out after dark most days, <laughs> like 7 p.m. I'm at home. So it's just that. like <laughs> radically changed. Um, and yeah, building up new community after, you know, leaving a community of over a decade in Chicago um, was just hard. Um, and we used to do a few more things when we were in Chicago, like together, and we didn't have that in the same way here. So we kind of casting about for ideas of like, how do we do something, create something that like gets us doing something together? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> a podcast kind of came up. I think he, he might have brought it up first, actually. He had been interviewed to be on a podcast and it was like the first time um, he had been on a podcast guesting and he just thought it was so cool. And he's like, oh my gosh, I could, I could probably do this too. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, I think maybe he brought it up and then we were like, okay, well, if we're going to do that, then like, let's figure out like what, <laughs> what yeah. we're going to be talking about, um, which is then going back to what do we like to do together and what does that, like, where are we at and what are we interested in? Um, so then that, that all drummed up the actual idea for the wild we share, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting little progression, but that's yeah. where it came from was like, let's do something together again. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then we just added a whole bunch of more work to our plates, but <laughs> Such is life, right? Such is life. life. And good on you guys for, especially after kiddo, I feel like Mm -hmm. you do, you start to live those separate lives because you're like, well, I want to go do this thing. So you have to stay at home with the kids. So good on you guys for being like, let's find something that we can do together again. Especially at at like a younger, younger stage in parenthood. Yeah, definitely. Just have a two-year-old. So a lot of people (laughs) don't find that out until... Yeah. Way and later on or it's too late or <laughs> yeah. And it's not easy. It's definitely yeah. not easy to find the time, but it's it's good when we can. Um and it brings us together in a different way. Uh yeah. than just like talking logistics or watching mm-hmm. TV after, you know, our daughter yeah. Cora goes to bed. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. it's it's better that way, I think. It gives totally. us something to like sink our teeth into. Yeah, more stimulating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How long have you guys been doing the podcast? So uh, I think we had the idea originally in March and then we, um, March of this year, and then we like are launched in May. Okay. Yeah, I think cool. That. So we're just like, we're just about to round out like our, you know, first season or whatever we're calling our first season. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're on, um, we're going to be recording an episode, I think next week. And so that's like nine of 10. So still that's early, awesome. but yeah. it's awesome. Well, exactly. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. doing this for two years now, but we're at episode, this would be like 66. Um, nice. And so like in that two year frame, because that first year was really like, you know, not, there wasn't much of a cadence to it. We were doing it mm-hmm. when we could. And again, because we like you were like, what do we talk about? We're like, Let's just fucking talk. <laughs> Let's just talk just so we can yes. get these reps under our belt, you know, it was one of those things like, well, don't wait for it to be perfect. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of advice out there still too. It's like, have a subject, have this, have that. And it's like, you know what, whatever. You just can't listen to everything out there when you're ready. You just have to pull the trigger. And so I love that you guys are just like, all right, let's, let's do it. And yeah, you know, it takes some time to build everything up, especially when you have so much other life happening. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I just respect the the journey for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's been a good time. I mean, I mean, we've had our own little like, you know, hiccups along the way. It's like we, we intended for it to be bi-weekly. I think we yeah. probably are on like week three from the last episode because, you know, schedules didn't line up. Mm-hmm. We were traveling, we couldn't record, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it takes its own little path and it best really laid does. plans. You just have to be flexible, but exactly. And trust so. the process. Like it's yeah. not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. we it took us, I mean, well over a year to get to our like weekly cadence. And that is still hard to pull off with leading to different lives and schedules. And just because you and your husband are, you know, married, like you still have different schedules. (laughs) Like it's not easy to find (laughs) the time and or the time that you want to, right? Like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. I am exhausted. I don't want to sit down and talk to you right now about this. (laughs) Like, I just want to (laughs) go go be alone or you know sit in silence or you know zone out watch that tv after kiddos in bed or whatnot so yeah um I'm sure it's a whole different dynamic like being married to your 
your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to really compare it to, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic. And it's mm-hmm. easier to, to kind of like, we try to have, you know, set times that we'll sit down and work on it together, but it's so easy. We both work from home as well. So like, we'll skirt those. We'll be like, oh, we're supposed to talk right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about we do that tomorrow? Like, yeah. <laughs> we're always like kicking a can down the road sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it, it makes it fun keeps us on our toes (laughs) absolutely what has been your um your favorite episode so far like have you had a favorite subject or or guest or do you guys have guests or is it just you two right now Yes. Most of, most of our episodes have been guests. Yeah. Thus far. So, um, the last one we just did, uh, was with the executive director of, um, outgrown, which used to be, uh, formerly known as hike a baby. Um, and so all of their programming, uh, is around getting parents and kids outdoors. Um, so obviously that's very near and dear to our heart. It's, it was like one episode is not the whole thing, but, Mm -hmm. uh, that was, it was so cool just to hear about, uh, their rebrand from Jessica, the executive director, um, just like what they are doing. And also just like to be able to talk to another mom, just like with, we talked, you know, postpartum depression and anxiety and like how those all manifest and how, you know, not to give up when you go out for that first little adventure with your kiddo and it's a complete disaster. And you're like, well, yeah. never doing that again. It's like, <laughs> you got to give it another try and just talking about what that looks like. And, and, um, you know, kind of reframing like the, the destination versus the journey yes. that yes. happens in parenthood now. So, um, yeah, that was a really, really cool one. And then we also had another episode that I think my husband would probably say is one of his favorites, but we talked with, uh, Kay Rodriguez, who's the founder of Outerly, um, and she's doing so much work with um, just building community, especially in like the urban urban centers and urban spaces um, and and getting people outdoors. Um, And it's just really neat to see she has a connection to Chicago and so do we. So that was really fun to talk about. Um, And then, yeah, she's just doing so much work to try to to bring people together and get them, you know outdoors uh, and make that feel more accessible uh, and to kind of discover what that looks like in a city versus, you know, having to go to the mountains or, you know, forest somewhere. So that was really cool as well. um, Just to kind of, I don't know, just hear what people are up to. There's so much. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I would really love to listen to that one because I know that there's some times where I'm like, I got to get to the mountains. I got to get to the mountains and I'll do like an inner city outdoor thing. And I'm like, that wasn't it. That was like, (laughs) you do it, but you're like, I still need, I I still need the mountains. So it would be nice to like figure out a way to navigate that in my brain and making the, the inner city outdoor adventure. Another one of our episodes, we talked with uh, Liz Thomas. She's like a, a through hiker. She's written several books about it. Uh, and it's, it's the first time I've ever heard of it, but like she does urban through hiking as oh. well as traditional through hiking. So okay. like she has done things through, I feel like it was Seattle. Well, I may be wrong. I think it was Seattle, but she like hiked all of the public stairwells in the city. And Love so like, that. she just like plans these through hikes and these long distance hikes through urban centers, but around, you know, where are the green spaces or what can I access as the public? Um, you know, whose couch can I, maybe I surf on tonight yeah. or like, um, and so I think it's a really interesting way that I've never heard of before to like explore a city yeah. while getting outside and you know getting your steps in and <laughs> just yeah. seeing what there is that's um, so cool. a good point I Amber, you should totally do that in yeah Tama. yeah like, I was gonna yeah. say I had like a, a girlfriend route. who uh was like uh she was she's a runner and she was like I want to run to all the water towers and I was mm. like that's so fun so it's nice to have that's a great way of like thinking of it is like running to all the water towers or to the sewer treatment plants or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like having a destination. <laughs> yeah. And then when we talked with her, the, the really, the other cool part was like, okay, when you're on foot in a city, um, like, I don't know if either of you lived in a big city ever, but um, like just being in Chicago, it's like you could walk 15, 20 minutes and you just see so many different things. So many different yes. people, architecture, neighborhoods, you probably walked through at least three, um, maybe not that many, but you know, you, there's just so much more you can take in like 
on foot than you can just in a car or on a road trip on the highway or whatever. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's a neat way to try to explore a city. And I mean, we moved out here to be closer to recreation, but like, I guarantee you, I walked more in the city when we lived in Chicago than I do here. Like Mm -hmm. here I have to get in a car all the time. (laughs) I miss just being able to walk around sometimes, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it it was, it, it, it just reframed that. And I had never heard of urban through hiking before. And yeah. I, I love it as an idea now. I, get, I love for that. Yeah, yeah. I have to look that up. Look her up. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, so I'm in Truckee and, but Amber's in Tacoma, uh, okay. Washington. So, I mean, there's definitely bigger cities, but it's, and that's where yes. I grew up. So, um, but it is hundred percent like city life for sure. Yeah. We're close to the outdoors still. Um, I, I mean, we are both lucky to just have those interests and, and be able to get, you know, to the mountains and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. it's still nothing like being like literally where I am now on top of a mountain. Um, but yeah, there's times I'm like, cool. I wish I could just like walk to this coffee shop or walk to Uh my friends. Like now I'm, I'm much more isolated (laughs) in my particular home spot now, of course in town I can walk around, but yeah, it's interesting the just different dynamics from place to place. And, um, that's why it's always hard to choose. Like, Mm-hmm. where I mean my heart will always be where all my friends and family are mm-hmm. as well as here though in Tahoe but I mean I just I love that I've been able to have both of those experiences and hold them both like very close to me because a lot of people don't and I think you should have a little bit of both just like yeah. I feel like everyone should work in some kind of service industry in their life it oh. should be a requirement to life to like realize uh-huh. that hey <laughs> you've got to well- yeah, yeah that, that, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do everything in, in theater, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many stories about, like, actors being divas and, like, they don't understand what's happening behind the scenes. So, like, yes. oh, my gosh, they just have an ego. And and it's like, okay, I, I hopefully was never one of those those performers. But um, I think you just get a more well-rounded view of, of the world when you look at it from different angles or look at something from different vantage points. So, um one reason why I like storytelling, <laughs> but uh, yeah. and another why, like, yeah, it's it's cool to have lived in a city and lived in the Midwest, now by the mountains, and mm-hmm. um, you know, to just travel to new places and give stuff a try, yeah. absolutely through your own eyes and opinions, mm-hmm. not someone else's. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, facing different adversities in life just helps you have empathy for others as well, which I think can really help with just yeah connection and storytelling and all that. So. Yeah. It also grounds and humbles you too. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) So I do have a question for both of you actually um, on the topic of like getting outdoors with children and whatnot. You're both moms. Mm -hmm. And I am curious to hear if uh, Amber, it might be, I'm sure she still remembers it, but it might be a little, little, little farther off, but like your first experience taking your kiddo out, like deciding like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to go for that hike or that whatever the outdoor experience was with your kiddo. What, or not even the first one, but like the first one where shit went like hit the fan and you were like, I don't think we can do this. Like, <laughs> tell me I'll about let you go first, Madeline. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I forget how old my daughter was at the time. I mean, she was not walking yet. So probably about, I don't know. I don't know. It was, well, I, I, maybe she was, maybe she was. Cause it was, I think it was right around the time we moved here and she was about one. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, but we went out and it was still cold and it was a, a bit snowy. It was cold on the trail. We, I was carrying her and my husband and I were switching on and off. She was in our, in our backpack carrier. Um, and it was just like not pleasant outside and she was cold and we're like, we bundled you, but like, maybe we didn't do it enough. And like, she was not happy. We were just trying to sing all the songs, keep her happy wheels on the bus, jingle bells. I don't remember, but just like try to keep her happy. And then at one point I like, I was wearing her and I slipped on like the snow and I fell and that scared her. She was fine, but it scared her. And I was just like, this is miserable. Like, yeah. like we are not prepared. We didn't prepare her. Um, yeah. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. So learnings. Um, oh, another time she was about six months old. And I do remember this because we, it was one of our first trips. We went out to Portland and we were camping for a couple nights. Um, and 
like power to the people who camp with like little ones and newborns and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I, I don't, I still don't fully understand it. It was pretty miserable. Like, I mean, there's no barrier. You're in a tent. She's yeah. crying. Everyone can hear. Yes. I'm just like, I don't know how to stop it. She doesn't have an off button. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just kind of like a miserable experience. And like, she kept waking up and so then we were up and I was like, no one's sleeping. And that's already at a, a minimum at that age anyway. Yeah. So that, yes, there were lots of moments when we we're like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yep. <laughs> why, so, why are we doing it? <laughs> once you had those moments, I mean, what, how long, I'm obviously it's different, but you go home, you're like, okay, cool. We're not <laughs> doing that again. And then like, what kind of I mean, went through your mind of like, let's do it again. Did you just like be like prepare more of like, okay, we're just going to not go out in that weather or we're going to really bundle her up. I mean, what's the, how do you keep going after those moments? We just, uh, I think we've, we've like, even before Cora, like we've had different camping experiences that just didn't go well or like we forgot things that we needed or it was cold it was wet and and I feel like we've taken every single one of those as just like a learning opportunity it's something I try to do across my life but like when things suck oftentimes you learn the most in those moments so I just try to like take it on board as maybe disappointing as it is um and and like take something away from it learn something try something Mm -hmm. different next time you know maybe give it a break that you need um pick it back up later but just trying to learn something makes it feel a little less like a failure um totally and just the repetition makes Mm -hmm. it easier for everybody um it's never gonna be easy right out of the gate like nothing ever is um and it, it And then it starts to pay off and you start to see that and you're like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. Got it. And that for us was like this past, um, it was Father's Day and we went up to Rocky Mountain National Park for the day uh, and we were hiking and it started out rough. She was in the carrier. She wanted out. She was upset. We're like, okay, fine. Get you out. We're at like the first little lake of a couple that we were going to hike to and then she wanted a hiking pole and then she was just like off and like, she was just hiking. She hiked probably like a good mile and a half, maybe, or not mile and a half, a half a mile to a mile. She was hiking up these steps and stairs. Every yeah. time we stopped, she was like, let's keep hiking. And oh my God. It was just, it was amazing. And it just like kind of came out of nowhere, but it was, yep. it, it just kind of opens up sometimes and you're like, totally. Oh, this is why I'm doing this. Got it. Um, cool. Yep. <laughs> I feel like going. I definitely have that hiking pole hiking story <laughs> where you just hand your kiddo the hiking pole and they're like, Oh yeah, we're doing like, this is what we're doing. And it's just like really incredible. It's and, and how it like translates th- throughout like different children. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, really incredible it just clicks and and had she not had the ramp up of the other experiences like she wouldn't have you know been ready or primed to do that and then she was and so it was really cool I uh my sister and and her uh family she actually has five kids and she came to visit um over the summer and I took them out to to Rocky Mountain National Park for the day and um her oldest which is like 13 and then my and my daughter who's the youngest they did the best and everybody in between all the other kids in between they're like we really want to hike dragon and then feet. they go hiking and they're dragon feet like yep. are there more snacks I'm tired <laughs> yep like, where's it's my cold. sandwich it's- yeah <laughs> and I was like the youngest and the oldest like did the best by far yeah <laughs> and it was just so great and I was like oh I thought it was gonna be an easy hike for y'all but I ran out of sandwiches and snacks and <laughs> yeah <laughs> still learning still learning <laughs> it's all good uh, but yeah, I, that, that would be my sort of like, I don't know, the trajectory that we've seen thus far, which is fun. Yeah, that's great. I feel like it's a great reminder for anything in life of like the payoffs, not instant. And Mm-mm. we just <laughs> talked about that. And it, yeah. um, yeah, this instant gratification society we live in, it's like, you gotta put your head down and just keep yeah. going for most things and, and you, embrace the suck, dude. Yeah. Cause oh, you gosh. don't know when you're going to see the other side. Fully. You just yeah. got to keep going through the smudge. Um, Amber, what was your first experience oh, yeah. with with Quincy <sighs> and getting out that kind of was like hair raising and like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> um, my first one was with Magdalena, my girlfriend. Uh, um, Quincy was probably about six months 
and we were hiking Mount Rose over in Washington, Lake Cushman area. And it's a, it's a really steep hike. I ended up doing that with him later on in life. And I was like, I can't believe I was going to do this for my first hike. Anyways, tons of elevation gain, just tons and tons and tons. Um, we get to the trailhead and I'm, I've got like, like my setup, it just isn't, I I was having, I had like a baby carrier and like this stupid rain jacket and like probably far too much stuff for him. So I had him like on the front and then I also had a backpack. Like my setup was just (laughs) not dialed at all. Um, I didn't have my hiking backpack with the kiddo. I had an Osprey. I don't know what kind you guys have, but yeah, I have an Osprey as well. Yes. Love it. Love it. Can't recommend it enough. It is like the greatest way for a kiddo to see the world. They're in Mm -hmm. your ear. You can hear them talking. You can have the conversation. Like it is just truly such a great way for your children to, for you to get out into the world and for your children to see the world. Um, so we got to this trailhead and, just like, yeah, we're going to do it. You know, we're going to make it to the end. And like, you know, you have that end goal, um, especially earlier on with your child. You you don't think that it's going to go any other way than up and up. Um, and so we're going, going, going. And then this huge storm just rolls in and like trees are blowing, branches are falling. And I still was like, no, we should do this. Let's keep on going. And then Magdalena okay. was like no, let's like really turn back. And I'm like, okay, fine. And like Quincy, I I honestly don't even remember what he was doing at the time, but I'm sure he, like, you know, kids can pick up on those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we ended up turning back and like on our way out, there was like trees down in the road and like branches everywhere because the storm was just like so much. And we ended up going um, back to a family cabin nearby and just hanging out, hunkering down, getting warm and be like, wow, I'm glad we turned back when we did. And it's just the like changing your expectation major Mm -hmm. with children, especially, and just like, it's gigantic. And, (laughs) and I still like my kids eight now and I, there's been so many times where like, I'll have this idea in my head of something that I want to do and he'll have his own opinions about it. And then he'll be like, see mom, I told you it was going to go that way. And I'm like, you're right, dude. Like I need to, and just like also knowing how and when to listen to your child more, like, yes, you are the parent. Yes, you have the reins, but also they're part of the world too, your world Mm -hmm. too, their own world. And you just like, I'm really trying hard right now to like, listen to him more. I also a whippersnapper. Well, and I feel like you're still in that age with him that um, his intuition is He's like more keyed into it. Kids are more keyed into their intuition and feelings than than we are because we get stuck on that destination part, right? Like, you know, your first hike with your baby, you're like, I'm a new mom and this is going to be our life. We're going to get to the top, our first hike ever. And this is just what we're going to do forever. Not like there is no, and people do this, you know, with or without kids. It's like, I'm going to get to the top no matter Mm -hmm. what, especially like skiing, right? There's a lot, happens a lot of like the summit fever. I have to reach the top. Mm And you're ignoring all these dangers and things around you because you're so focused on just getting to the top and marking it off. And it's like, yeah, but you got to get back down. At what cost? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at what cost? And so I think as adults, like, yeah, we have that destination in our mind or that expectation of how this activity is going to go. But yeah, the, the kiddos are the ones that have that more intuition of like, yeah, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. And it just, yeah, better to like tune in and listen to them. And that's just like doing anything with a group, a group of friends or mm-hmm. whatever. You all have to be on the same page and let go of your own personal expectations. Um, and I think that we all need to work on that a little bit more yeah. involving the others around us or keying mm-hmm. them into our expectations and maybe can get on the same page um, that have a similar game plan. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's, that's huge right now. We're like in toddler land, like smack dab in the middle of it. And there's such a power struggle all the time because all the time. <laughs> she, she wants to be like held and like the little baby, but then she doesn't, she wants all the autonomy and it's like, wow. Okay. And it's like, you can fight that all you want and all you're going to get is a fight. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Yes. That's all you're going to get. And you know, uh, bedtime is harder. Everything is harder. And you know, what's there is like, she doesn't want me to leave. She doesn't want to be dropped off at daycare. She doesn't want you know us to leave the room at bedtime. And it's like, she just wants more connection. She wants more yeah. time. And it's like, you can look at that as, 
oh my gosh, you're not listening. You're not obeying. You're not whatever. Or you can say like, okay, you actually have a need and yes. you're communicating it. And yeah. I need to pick up on that. Um, and it might not be how I would communicate it, but like you're yeah. two and a half. So that's how you can do it. And exactly. Yeah. That communication you're such a good mom. Good job. Yeah. That's amazing Thanks. to tune into it. Cause I feel like when my kid was younger, I was just like, in this weird like tunnel of like gotta survive gotta do this Mm -hmm. have all these but you just gotta like you gotta go at their pace and like you do unfortunately take a lens take a a view from their lens like Mm -hmm. and it's hard to do that when you're like I've got dinner and laundry and all yeah it's like we gotta be somewhere and Mm -hmm. it's like we gotta go and it's like you have to balance that with expectation and with like reality yeah and it's like again my daughter's very much in like the the me do it core core Mm -hmm. do it I do it phase and it's like you know (laughs) it's it is painstaking to watch a toddler try to take off their pants or their shirt themselves (laughs) or painstaking or climb into their car seat themselves like oh my god um (laughs) shoes on the wrong feet like oh god but it's like they don't learn otherwise and it's like you gotta gotta slow down to go fast sometimes but uh yeah it's yeah (laughs) that's amazing awesome well before we wrap up I want to make sure that people know where to find you whatever however you want them to find you through Talus or the podcast or whatnot so we share with the people any you know social media or websites or anything and we'll put those in the show notes as always too but yeah let us know yeah, absolutely. So I love connecting with with new folks, uh, with like minded folks. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Madeline Anderson. Um, and then for the podcast, definitely always looking for for new community members there and listeners. So uh, give it a listen. Our website is thewildweshare.com. Uh, same handle on all the socials, mostly Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then, yeah, my company is at talisfilms.com. Um, one of the easiest ways to like jump in and and start working with me or just, you know, <laughs> get my insights. I, I offer free story spark sessions. So it's a short call. You can hop on no sales promise, no sales. It's just about you. And what, what are your stories? Where can we find them? Um, what channels and avenues could they come from? And we'll just, we'll just, you know, brainstorm that together. Uh, so you can book one of those with me and I'm always available. I'd love to be a resource Ooh. to folks. That's awesome. That's amazing because that's one thing I wanted to ask is like for those people who are out there wanting to share a story, like what kind of advice for you, do you have for them? Yeah. Um, I think just that right there, doing that. Um, what What's it called? Story Spark? A sto- story Spark session. Story spark. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And um, before we go to now on the other side, back to like the, the moms with kids, do you have a piece of advice that you would give um, or any parent rather, not just moms, um, parents <laughs> out there who are kind of going through that and maybe haven't gotten out there yet with their kids and um, what kind of advice might you give them to just prompt them to like, just, just go for it. You're going to go through the shit, but go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's as simple as like, give it a try. Like you don't need a lot of gear. You don't need a lot of stuff. Um, you know, take a few diapers and wipes, like <laughs> wear, wear the clothes, like get dressed, like, uh, and, and just go and give it a try. Also, don't be afraid of starting small, mm-hmm. you know, small can be like earth shattering, world changing for little yeah. ones. Um, and we think it's tiny and insignificant and they just love it. So go for a walk in the park, like go for nightly walks around your block. However, that looks like there's so many different ways to get outside. So just like do it <laughs> just go yeah. and do it. And, uh, and, and you don't have to go epic right out of the gate. Like, Yeah you know, yep. love <laughs> yeah, that. It Do simple. it and start small. Yeah. Keep mm-hmm. it simple. Awesome. Madeline, thank you so much. Amber, before we wrap up, do you have anything for Madeline? Uh, when do you think that the film for Swell will be ready oh, for yeah. viewing? So um, I'm not 100% sure uh, Tammy Joe's timeline, um, but we're going to have everything to her like asset wise um, by early November. So it'll be hopefully soon. I know that she's ramping up and, and really excited to like keep promoting and talking about it. So yeah, hopefully there'll be some stuff before the end of the year even out. Wait. I cannot wait to see some yeah. of that stuff. Same. That's for sure. So it's awesome. Good. Cool. Well, 
Thank you so much, Madeline. It was great talking to you. And um, hopefully we'll get to to chat again sometime. So go check out her podcast, her website. And if you're interested in sto- like figuring out how to share your story, then mm-hmm. look into that story spark session. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for joining us this week. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the post, share the post, comment on the post, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.